TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Royce on baseball. Let's go. Score North Twin Show, Roycey on baseball. He's Patrick Roycey, and I'm Derek Wetmore along for the ride. Pat, what do you think of the uh, Cactus League Grapefruit League idea they're kicking around out there? You know what's the big problem with it? Uh, the uh, un- the uh, odd number of teams uh, that you would, uh, you know, you would not be able to have every team playing every day because I don't think they're going to have split doubleheaders uh, if the games are going in the standings. Beyond that, I kind of like it, but uh, as I said, you're going to have uh, you know weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when one of your teams is not playing a game, right? So uh, that would uh, create a bit of a problem. You know, it's 15 in each, uh, and you know maybe maybe they could get the Tigers to say since they're sticking out there in the middle of nowhere doing nothing, maybe they could go train in Arizona, and you could end up with 16 and 14 or something like that. But uh, beyond that. You know what? The Grapefruit League and the Cactus League have lost their identity. We don't look at the standings anymore. We don't give out a trophy, I don't think, to the Grapefruit League champ anymore. We declare ties after nine innings. And in our youth around here, uh, in fact, into the 80s, we still looked at the Grapefruit League standings. And we still talked about the Grapefruit League. And we still celebrated the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, of course, later. But back then, the Grapefruit League, I think, Derek, at one point, there were 22 in Florida and 8 in Arizona. Wow. So that's changed. That's changed quite a bit. Might have not been 22. It might have been 20 and 8. And uh, so it, that, that's changed quite a bit. But, you know, with an odd, strange year, and if you got to play. Now, so what do you do? Let's say... You play there in June in divisions, and then do you maintain that when you go all go home, or do you start then playing your normal schedule? How, how did, do we have any idea how this would work? Because presumably this would be an emergency thing in order to get games on TV in June, right? Yeah. So my understanding. So then it, what happens July 1st if we're back playing in Minnesota? Well, it seems to me, and I could be completely wrong, but just from reading this piece that was a, a trial balloon floated by Major League Baseball sources to uh, Bob Nightingale at USA Today, totally not Tony Larusa and totally not Rob Manfred, Pat, somebody with the league office that requested an on- anonymity, uh, they basically, I think this would be a decision that you make and then you stick with it for the year. So these are your new divisions for 2020. But you would not then have to play, so you would redo the whole schedule. Yeah, exactly. So you'd go, you'd throw out 2020 as it is right okay. now. You throw it in the trash and then you reseed in whatever, get the new divisions. Here's the Twins division for listeners who didn't see the piece. Uh, the Twins would now belong to the Grapefruit League South. So the Florida mm-hmm. League, and they're the Southern Division based on geography. Twins, Red Sox, Braves, Rays, and Orioles. I feel sorry for the Orioles in that uh, operation. Yeah. I feel a little <laughs> bit sorry for the Twins. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that, would, that would have some hair on it, that division. When you got the Braves, you know, and the Red Sox will be okay. And, uh, of course, Tampa Bay is... Uh, yeah. This should be right up 
that's, it should be right in Tampa Bay's bailiwick, shouldn't it? Sure. You know, weird things happening, and you're going to let everybody have bigger rosters, right? Oh, There's yeah. No doubt that we're going to have 28. They'll love this. Won't they? <laughs> You'll never see a pitcher. Forget the two at-bats. You'll never see a guy, you know, forget see him two at-bats and then have, let him go through the third time through the order. With Tampa, you'll never see anybody more than once. The, uh, <laughs> and they'll have, now the other thing is they probably will not be able to make as many roster moves or are they going to let them make unlimited roster moves? You know, that's the other thing. If you're going to have your minor leaguers in the same place, right, because yeah. they're not back playing, right? are you going to just let them dip in there and take anybody they want to who's been assigned to Durham and have them get on the bus and go to go to Fort Myers? I, I think there's a lot of uh, things to be determined here. You know, you might have to set a 28-player roster and use that for a week unless somebody's actually injured, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the concerns. If this thing gets going, not even just with this plan, but with any plan and expanded rosters and condensed schedules, roster moves are going to become a whole new issue path. It's going to be kind of thorny. Yeah, yeah, when you got, you know, presumably... By June, you would have your mom raisers in Fort Myers, too, would you? I mean, would, would they be back if you're doing this, or would they still be, you know, would, what would you just have maybe two teams there, them and the Twins in Rochester, and, you know, I, I don't know how it would work. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But the, the obviously, as we talked about last week, the whole object here is to get games on television. Right. Because they know that if they could get on TV, even, uh, you know, like a Memorial Day weekend, a little before that, they'd get monster uh, TV ratings in the regional telecast. You know, the Twins, instead of, uh, as we said last week, instead of doing a three and a half on FSN, it'd be doing a 15. Huh. Because uh, as long as we're locked in the house, I, I, I get the impression that by uh, the middle of May, there's going to be a lot more movement, though. I, I think we're going to be allowed to do a lot more. There's a lot of political pressure now to uh, loosen things up. So I, I, I think that there's going to be we're going to be less housebound. What's the date today? Twelfth. Thirteenth of 11th, April. Twelfth. So, oh, good. Uh, you can't beat us. It's thirteenth. Uh, Monday the thirteenth. Yeah, by uh, May thirteenth, we're going to be moving around more. I would guess. So we won't be as housebound, which might take a little bit away from the TV, but, uh, you know, as a guy who doesn't watch replays, uh, it's, it's been kind of weird to see people tweeting about games they're watching. Herbeck was tweeting about obviously what, uh, the Atlanta game, the Ron Gant game was, uh, on yesterday because I heard yesterday, the day before, I saw some Herbie tweets about that. So people apparently, yeah, we'll watch these things. I, I can't do it. I, even the, even the, even Tiger winning the Masters, I can't watch that. So, sure. uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I think a month from now we'll probably be moving around more and more people will be out and the weather will be better and we, they might not get the monster TV ratings they're hoping for, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's the great unknown. That's the sure. Even if it is more movement in Minnesota and, and other parts of the country, Pat, I do wonder if they're the only team in town, so to speak, if they're the only sport that has a plan forward in these weird and uncertain times. And as long as they can do it safely, that's always the precursor to everything. Uh, I do wonder if they would do some pretty monster numbers because, hey, live sports are back. But I guarantee you that if the, if MLB's plan 
the NBA will be playing in the NHL. And sure. Maybe not the NHL because the NBA will be playing. Maybe in empty arenas, you know. Maybe maybe they all get together in Vegas and have a summer league that's the regular league or something. But uh, that those they're not going to sit idly by. Uh, if, if baseball starts playing, they're going to all be playing. It's a good point. I, I I really think, and maybe in empty arenas. But uh, here's the other thing. I think the solution baseball has is one that the others are going to have to investigate, which is less travel, right? Yes. You know, that's that the one thing baseball does have is less travel. I think they were really in on that Arizona idea originally because of, you know just put guys on a bus, but uh, then you know the reality of that. I'll tell you one thing, though, uh, the boys better used to get being used to getting uncomfortable, yeah. even if they're all night games. Right. It's, uh, you know, the sun doesn't go down till in, you know, June 21st is the, uh, is a very long day. <laughs> it's <just> very <laughs> hot down there in Maine. I went down there in a week, uh, for a few days to hang out in the middle of May in Fort Myers. And it was stifling. And I went to night games. Now it cools off some at night games, but when the sun's still up, it's stifling. And of course, Arizona, you're talking about, you know, 110. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, it might get down to 98 with no humidity. The nights are probably nicer down there, but uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be a very uncomfortable conditions. I saw cruises. Was it cruises quotes? Who was talking about, uh, the the idea, or maybe it was a Donaldson on the conference call talking about the playing double headers. Yeah, a lot of talk about playing double headers. They're right. they're not going to be able to play double headers in this heat. But what are they talking about playing seven inning double headers? Uh, that that ain't happening. It's one thing they've not, kicked around. It sounds like at the league level. Maybe if if they get start playing games again in their stadiums and drawing fans, yes, that that might be feasible. But it's that. You can't do that. You can't uh, tell the boys to show up for a grapefruit league doubleheader at five o'clock when it's a hundred. You know, it's ninety-seven degrees and humidity is you know eighty-five, and say go out there and you know risk your uh, risk your bodies to play in this stuff. It's not. Uh, it's that, that's not feasible. Maybe once the season starts in July, you could play Sunday doubleheaders or something, seven inning games. But, uh, you know, even us traditionalists have to realize that uh, everything, to try to get a season played uh, to some degree, you know, maybe 100 games, uh, everything's on the table. And, and by the way, Mantrick, when he's, when he's getting up shaving in the morning, he's saying, boy, this is great. I'll be able to get my extra teams in the playoffs and <laughs> convince these idiots this is the way to go. He's a diabolical. He's a diabolical son of a gun. I don't trust him at all. He's, I used to think Goodell was the most evil uh, commissioner, but I think it's a tie now. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, to that point, Pat, you talk about traditionalists, and I might be the youngest member of that club uh, if such a thing exists. Is uh, did you see the rest of the details of the playoff? You talk about expanded in that Bob Nightingale piece at USA Today. He says, "quote There could still be division winners and wild card winners, even in this you know realigned mm-hmm. thing." He says, "Perhaps adding two more wild card teams to each league or a postseason tournament with all thirty teams." What do you think about that, Mister Ricey? 
Ah, uh, well, that's ridiculous. You know, who do you think that came from, by the way? What are you going to? Uh, the owner of the Orioles. I don't know who. No, the I, well, he he didn't quote anybody. He says an anonymous source with uh, intel on the league. Who do you think's calling I around? Have to... no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. No, 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 yeah. You know who's the? You know who should really be enjoying this though? What's that? The Houston Astros. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a non-story. We've all it's forgotten. A, it, even if they come back and they're playing, and the schedule is jam-packed, and they're playing and. And, uh, you know, and they, and they win a game in Jupiter against the Cardinals and somebody would say, yeah, but they cheated three years ago, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know, they, uh, the timing for this was perfect for the Astros. And well, don't forget, we haven't punished the Red Sox yet. Yeah, yeah, well, and we, we apparently aren't going, what are we waiting for the virus to be over? I don't know. They're going to be able to, you know, I said that they wanted to whitewash it and then there was so much pressure on them, you know, because of the Astros thing and being considered soft on the Astros, that they were going to, they had to pull back. Now they can whitewash it again. Sure can. They, they can just say, yeah, I mean, uh, this is, you know, they should just send out a three paragraph release on Friday saying, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're taking a couple of draft races away and uh, they already fired Alex Cora, who was team cheater. And uh, so, uh, you know, Let's go, but that's uh, certainly the sign stealing has uh, has moved down a peg or two in the uh, in the baseball landscape. Yeah, Pat, I remember you were already plotting to be the first columnist in America <laughs> at the end of July to write a column yeah. about the visiting Astros and not mention the cheating not scandal. Not mention their cheating and, and uh, pay tribute to this wonderful lineup they have. <laughs> One of the greatest lineups I've ever seen. <laughs> I would have had a lineup some days. Yeah, I would have had a lineup. Some days you think they knew what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, that would have been your kicker, though. You wouldn't have mentioned yeah, it. Up top. Awesome. No, 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 But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's gone away. But, uh, who knows what the, what the, they're obviously trying to get on TV to preserve. You know, Fox is calling and saying, hey, we're paying you guys way too much money. We can finally put a Saturday game of the week on that somebody's going to watch. You know, instead of getting our usual 2.2 share, we can get a 10. Sure. Let's have a game here. Come on, boys. So, I, as I said on Twitter two days ago, or on Easter or Good Friday or whatever it was, dear God, I got a request. I want a ball game. I'll even take the Tigers and the O's. Come on. Well, give us something. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Some ball game. Come on. Well, Pat, it's come to the time in the show where we've got to ask you hey, about a random. I got to ask you. Please. I got to ask you. I got to ask you. So who is that? The Bunko? Who, who are the Fighting Tigers? Uh, who are they in? With, uh, all the Tampa teams. And we, if, if the Twins get the O's, then it's what? Bradenton. Then it's Bradenton, Yankees, uh, Dunedin, Clearwater, and Lakeland. Is that that division then? I'll look up the Florida divisions for you. And then, and, 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 yeah, it'd have to be Tigers, Phillies, Yankees, Tigers, Phillies, Yankees, uh, Pirates, and, uh, and, uh, Blue Jays. Huh? Yep. That you got, you got it exactly right. And then the East. So then, then we got five over on the, on the East Coast. That's right. I, that's perfect. The Washington Nationals, Marlins. Houston Astros, Marlins, Cardinals, and Mets. Marlins have drawn more than they draw at home. 
Kids are off Warren uh, in West Palm, right? They're in, are they in West Palm? Are they in West Palm, right? Uh, up by no, there. No, no, Astro, Astros and uh, Nats. Are the Nats split that facility in West Palm Beach, but the Marlins are up by there. Uh, I remember the East Coast Florida city that they're in off the top of my head. The Cardinals are with, oh, they're with the Cardinals. They're in Jupiter. Oh, okay, and the Mets are, is it yeah. Port St. Lucie? Mets are Port St. Lucie, yeah. I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be kind of fun for what? For once, and uh, and you know what it does. In addition to giving him a chance to put more teams in the playoffs, there is talk about restructuring. You know, and having both Chicago teams in the same division, both the Yankee New New York teams, just really shake the whole thing up. And this 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 gives them a license to do anything they want. Yeah, much. for a year anyway. For a year. Well, and, and maybe yeah, but once we come back from this, they can they can. You know, and now that now that it's been accepted by the public, I know it. Say no matter how it works, they can do anything they want. I know it. Okay, you asked for this team, the random team. Yes, you give the sixty-five twins. And do you know why, Pat, that I asked about the sixty-five twins specifically? There is. Yeah, they went to the World Series. Sure, that's, that's part of it. I got something to do with it. <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah, I walked into that one. Uh, it was a topic of conversation on Score North the other day that the what, 2006 Twins. Now, we did a Minnesota Sports Rewind episode on this. So, for curious listeners, you can go check it out or search the Twin Show 2006 Twins. We talked about the 2006 Twins, and I had some colleagues, Pat who said that was the best Twins team to never win a World Series, and I just had to submit to the conversation, at least we must talk about the 65 team. And I started reading a book by Jane Levy on the great Sandy Koufax. So I'm curious to get to that part of the the, the text as well and hear your thoughts on it. Well, uh, the 1965, now the Twins came in 61, and uh, we could have been more excited than the fact they went, what, 70 and 91, we didn't care. Uh, we were we were fine. And then the next two years, 62 and 63, they were, the Yankees were winning, but they were, they finished second both years or second and third, uh, but they had a, the, the, the surprise contenders in 62 were the Twins and the Angels. Uh, the uh, second year, and I made uh, California Angels, I believe that was 62. And 63, the Twins finished, one of those years they finished within five of the Yankees, I believe, and then the other one was eight or nine. But you never had the impression they were going to win the American League because it was a 10-team league then. But uh, we were very proud of the boys. Then they had the fallback in 64. They did not have as good a year. And uh, so 65, uh, they started that year. And the Yankees had gone to five straight World Series. So we were not, you know, it was still over. They still got Mantle. They still got, you know, the wonderful old Yankees. And they got old then. The Yankees were getting old, but we didn't know that at the time. And in 65, the Twins are... Hitting over runs, and I mean, actually, the Twins in '65, we were paying tribute for them for manufacturing runs. They were stealing bases, they were they were moving more. They weren't just standing around waiting for those three-run homers like dumb teams did, right back then. And uh, and then came the uh, you know middle of July. The All-Star Game was coming here for the first time, and on Sunday. Uh, Harmon hit his famous home run off uh, Pete Mickelson, 
and a reliever, uh, two out, uh, three run homer, uh, two out, no, it's two out, two run homer, three two pitch, bottom of the ninth against the Yankees. And by winning two out of three against the Yankees, they went 14 ahead of the Yankees and eight ahead in the American League. Two days later, we had the All-Star game. And basically, the rest of the uh, summer was a, was a celebration. They did have one little bad spell. But, uh, you know, and of course, the winner went to the World Series then. And, uh, you know, that, that was a hell of a team. Uh, one thing people forget about that team is a, uh, I think that was the year that Mitcher, that they platooned at first and third with Harmon playing both positions. So if they, if a lefty was pitching, Rich Rollins played third. If a righty was pitching, uh, Don Mitcher played first. So Harmon moved around. He got, he got hurt that year, but when he came back. And then, uh, they beat, uh, Drysdale the first game because Drysdale, because of Jan Kipper, Koufax didn't pitch game one. Yeah, wow. Uh, Drysdale pitched game one, and they beat him. Beat him bloody. Frank Quillis, he had two hits in an inning. And then uh, they beat Koufax the next day. And I remember reading a lead from some guy from New York saying, because the Tribune was doing like they'd go around and get leads out of the press box and then run the out-of-town writers. What were they saying about us? This was a big deal. In sure, yeah, of course. And I remember one of the lead, one of the leads, and I can't remember who it was, what matter of men are these Minnesotans? You know, <laughs> we, we couldn't believe they beat them out. Of course, then, like Twins teams do in the World Series, went out and played. They played, played on the concrete in uh, L.A. The Dodgers, you know, were just a speed team with great pitching. And uh they they had an infield that was hard as a rock and they bounced balls over our heads and through our legs and uh lost three straight and came home and uh game six I was in left field bleachers and uh Budcat pitching I think Budcat was pitching on two days rest and uh and who was Claude Austin who had beaten the twins was pitching that game. And Mudcat hit a home run. The Twins won the game. It was a beautiful fall day. It was gorgeous out there. The home run ball landed about five rows from us. My brother and I had four tickets, and we got 14 prior leg guys in into the game by hooker, hooker, crook, or stealing and going out to the parking lot and coming back. They were so dumb. You'd take, you know, you'd say, hey, I got to go out to the parking lot and make it. Then you'd come back with four tickets that you, you know, you'd bring three more guys back in. But uh, And then, uh, unfortunately, Koufax pitching with two days rest. Jim Cott also was pitching two days rest for the Twins. And uh, Cott, uh, I, it was it was Cott. And uh, and uh, they got beat two to nothing. Cott was pretty good. Uh, Lou Johnson hit a two-run home run for the only two runs in the game, and it went off the left field foul pole. And uh, and then Koufax was just unbelievable, and uh, they they got beat two to nothing. They had one chance uh, to rally, and uh, Junior Gilliam was playing third base and made a great play on. Boy, I should know this. I think on Zoilo was going to be a, a ball down in the corner, and it was going to be a double that scored at least run, one run and put. Another couple runs in scoring position, and Junior Gilliam made this great play going to third. 
and uh, threw him out, and they didn't really get another sniff off Sandy that day. But uh, that was the time of our lives, man. We had the National League year with the greatest team ever in the All-Star game. Uh, two days after Harmon hit that home run, then Harmon hit the home run and hit a home run in the All-Star game. Tony hit a double, a big double in that game, and uh, we had a we had a great old time. The American League was overmatched, but they only lost six to five. And uh, it was two. It was just a fantastic summer, and uh, really, uh, really, uh, probably the you know I was still a hardcore fan then, and uh, it was the summer of my life, man, watching that team. Twins won 102 games that summer, not counting the World Series. That was seven up in the AL over the White Sox. And you mentioned the Yankees. Boy, they really fell off that year. Uh, they won. Oh, seven. the second half of the season. Oof. The second day went in the tank. How, what was your record? Finished sixth in the American League at 77 and 85. 25 games That's back of the Twins. And uh, they uh, that of course became known uh, for the they didn't go back to the World Series till '76, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that became known as the Horace Clark era with the New York fans, because <laughs> that Horace Clark was a fine second baseman, but the fact that he was their best player about three times until Mercer came, the the, the Yankee fans, some writer called it the Horace Clark era, because <laughs> the Yankees. Since Babe Ruth had never experienced a decade like they did from uh, 65 to uh, 74 or so. And actually, the best thing ever happened to the Yankees, George bought them from CBS. Hmm. CBS owned CBS had purchased them for, wanted to get a hold of the TV uh, market, and uh, and uh, that CB, CBS was a horrible owner. They had a guy named Mike Burke. Who owned? The, who was the president? And he was he was an idiot. And uh, George came in, and as goofy as he was, he uh, rebuilt him back up again. Of course, the fact that free agency arrived two years later had a lot to do with it. Yeah, that'll help. Well, Pat, I know you got a lot of respect for the 2006 Twins and that that charge they went on in late summer. Is the 1965 Twins team the best to not win a World Series? Without a doubt, although if uh, Francisco Liriano had not gotten hurt, that uh, 2016 would have uh, would have been a handful uh, yeah. when they got to the postseason. That's for sure. They sure would. Because would've. then, when Johan loses Game One, you say that's okay. <laughs> Francisco is going to win Game Two, and then Johan's going to win Game Four, and then Francisco is going to win Game Five, and we'll be just fine. Right. But, uh, didn't work. Didn't work out that way. That's not how she played out. Well, Pat, that was a ton of fun hearing about the 65 Twins. We'll have to pick another fun, random Twins team from the past to hear Royce talk about it next week. Give me a baseball reference and uh, with the schedule and results and uh, and about uh, three days I could write 250 pages. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I we could, could probably do an audio book. I, I could write 80 pages on the All-Star game and uh, 25 more on Game 6, so... It would be uh, it would be uh, fun, and then you know that when they came back here in '65, the Twins uh, got <laughs> the Twins. Basically, Billy Martin who was a coach then, had put about ten tons of dirt, loose dirt, around first base, and they made them remove. <laughs> they made them come out and shovel off this dirt because we were going to turn it into a sod farm <laughs> after them, after the Yankees played in the concrete. So after playing out in L.A. and the Yeah, wow. 
<laughs> I mean, sand and gravel and everything. They put everything in their dirt. And the, the umpire can't remember was he caught it and made them take several shovelfuls out. The game within the game, Pat. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's great. Pat, we'll do it again next week. Good talking to you. All right, sir. Thank you. He's Patrick Roycey. I'm Derek Wetmore on the Score North Twin Show, Roycey on Baseball. If you missed anything, catch the podcast. Search Score North Twin Show anywhere you find your shows. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you much. Don't forget, this show is also on the radio. Monday nights at 6 on Score North, AM 1500 or live.scorenorth.com. Catch You're listening to Roycey on Baseball on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here for my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. 